Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode seven of the Here I Am podcast. And here today, I have a very fabulous woman. Her name is Leah, and she's known on the TikToks and the Instagram as Leah for Real Six. Hi, Leah. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am doing well. I'm going to. I got to tell you, when I found out, when I saw that you were following me and I had zero idea, I was just like, oh, this person said this really nice comment. And I clicked and I went, what the fuck? She follows me. <laughs> I was like, no, no effing way. And so, and now the fact that you're here and you're doing this, I have to say thank you so much for your time. And thanks for like being a part of this. Of course. I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, so first question, if I have anyone from TikTok on here, I have to ask, uh, what made you start on the tickety talk apps? I feel like the standard answer is quarantine for most people. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I, I had a friend, uh, my friend Rebecca, she had been telling me about TikTok for months. And I was like, well, you know, I don't really get into YouTube. I don't care to watch videos and stuff. I don't have the attention span. So I never checked it out. Um, and she was just pushing me and pushing me. So then finally, once quarantine hit, I'm like, fine, fine, I'll, I'll give it a try. And next thing I know, I was addicted. <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> there you go. Uh, what made you want to like start posting content? I'd, I've always enjoyed like making humorous content. You know, like I would post a lot of stuff to Facebook and, and you know, stuff like that in the past. So once I got to see, I, I used to start or I used to do a lot of like funny stuff that was mainly, and it had a lot to do with dating and what it was like to date where Leah lives. So I found so much like relatable content on there. It took me a little bit to start posting. I think it took me a couple of weeks of just scrolling before I got the, the guts to actually post. But then once I did, it's just, I just had fun with it. It was fun. I enjoyed the, the interaction and the engagement with everybody. And it just pushed me to post more. And it, it took up my time in quarantine when I was sitting in the house all by myself you know? Yeah. Not so. doing anything. Yeah. 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 I hear you. Uh, honestly, for me, it was the same. Uh, except for me, it was like the, the specific time range was like, right. When like the George Floyd incident happened and mm -hmm. you know, my outlet was just going on like Facebook or Instagram and just mindlessly scroll and just kind of like escape from the world. Cause I was still working at the time. Um, but you know, I was doing DoorDash, so it's still like very like isolating. Like you barely see anybody, don't talk to anybody or anything like that. And then like, so when I was going on like Facebook and Instagram, it was just so like negative and like so heavy. And I was like, this is not helping my depression at all. And then one of no, my friends was like, yeah. And then so like one of my friends was like, well, dude, download TikTok. And I was like, I, I don't want to watch kids dancing. And then there was just like, <laughs> like that's, what I, that's what I thought. That's what I thought TikTok was. And she was like, dude, now it's so much more than that. And then I was like, all right fine and so I did or I started watching and then yeah for me it was a couple of weeks and then I was like I I could do this and then like one night I got a little tipsy and then I was like fuck it we're doing it and I was like at the time when like the like the story time was like the big like trend at the time and I didn't realize that was a trend I didn't understand trends what trends were or anything like that but then I made a video I posted it and it did really well and I went what the fuck? Like what's going on right now? Like what happened? And then I was like, I woke up like the next day and I already had like a thousand followers. And I was like, what, 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 what is this? And then, yeah. And then I just went, all right, screw it. I'm going to make content and I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do it. 
And yeah, it was for me, it was just like, for the longest time, it's just me dicking around, you know, just like, uh, sure, this might be funny here and then do that. And then it wasn't until like, when I got into like the mental health aspect of everything, it was like, I was in like this, like really heavy depression. And I was like, I need to vent, but I have no one to vent to fuck it. I'm going to put it out into the void of the internet and see what happens. And just so I just, so I can get it out. And then people were like, yeah, that too. That's what made me start following. That's what made me start following you. I remember I'd seen a lot of your content and a lot of it was just so relatable and you delivered such great messages. I was like, I freaking love this guy. I love this guy. And I don't even remember when I followed you. It was months and months ago. Um, But you were all over my for you page. So I was like, okay, TikTok universe. We're (laughs) going to follow. Follow this man. And then when I started following you and I saw like you had, again, you're drinking out of a mischief managed glass. I was like, Oh, she's a Harry Potter nerd too. I was like, let's do it. I mean, I have, okay. So I have two water bottles. I have like a, like a normal, like Gryffindor, Harry Potter water bottle. And then uh, somebody made me, uh, one of my followers, but now friend uh, made me, uh, you can't really see it on the camera, but it's a, it's a Griffin puff. Cause I, I always say like, I'm not like, Oh, I'm Gryffindor, but I also like have a lot of Hufflepuff tendencies. So I'm in Hufflepuff, I'm in Gryffindor. I and, would, I would Hufflepuff for sure. You would think of me a Hufflepuff? So oh, it's a, you are? Oh, okay. I had you. I had you. Um, what I guess let's dive down the, the Harry Potter train. What made how old were you when you jumped into Harry Potter? So I was in 10th grade, which was uh the year 2000. I'm I'm old. Um, and we, have, we were doing the, like, you know, that accelerated reader program in school where you would get so many points for reading books and you had to yeah. get so many, um, to pass your class or whatever. I hated reading. I hated it with a passion. I was not at all interested in it. So I had to do it for class. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to see what this Harry Potter crap's all about. <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm reading during class, between classes in the hallway, to and from all my sports games, as soon as I get home from my sports game until it's dinner time, and then I would stop to eat, and then I would read until I passed out. I was at every opening night of every movie that came out. Every book that came out, I was in line at midnight to get said book. I have uh, I have a Harry Potter tattoo. Like, it's just, it's, one might say it's a bit much, but I think it's just right, so... Oh, there you go. I remember for me, I, uh, it was like seventh grade, I think it was seventh grade. And we had a, we had like a, like a sustained silent reading class. It was just like a, like a place to like, Hey, if you need to catch up on homework for 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever, or you read. And like the whole point of it was to like, here's the school's announcements for the day. All right. Now like chill out for like the next like 20 minutes or so. And then they're all like, if you're not working on homework then you have to have a book and then so like I remember my mom took me to uh, like this little bookstore called like Mrs. Nelson's or something like that and I saw I saw a chamber of secrets and I went oh Harry Potter yeah I think I heard of that I'll do that and so I read chamber of secrets first and then no not not at all because it so I don't I don't know when the last time I don't I don't remember the last time when you when you reread the series but if you read the if you read Chamber first, it literally pretty much explains everything that happened in the first book as well. So I didn't feel really lost at all. Like I was just like, oh, like it explained like you just kind it kind of like picked up it like kind of goes like here 
it was almost like a, like previously on Harry Potter. Oh, and like, like, like okay. Yeah. yeah. So like, and if you like read through it, it's kind of like, oh, okay. And then, and then I went back to Sorcerer's and then I went to, to Prisoner after that. So I kind of went like all over the place, like the very first time I read it. And then I was like, I wonder what happens if I read it in order. Funny story about, uh, I believe it was, was it Order of the Phoenix? I think it was Order of the Phoenix when I- uh, Harry Potter and the Teen that, Angst? What, yeah. When I went to buy <laughs> that book, I was standing in line at midnight to, you know, with a bunch of people and I had my copy of the book and we were just waiting for midnight to be able to go through the checkout and and be on our way and and I was standing at like the self checkouts and uh this is this haunts me to this day I still feel guilty about it but so they finally let us go through and I scan my book and it comes up zero like zero dollars and I'm like I kind of like looked around scanned it again it said zero dollars and I'm just like maybe it's like not in their system yet because it was like you know midnight and a few seconds after that so I just <laughs> I just put my book in the bag and I walked <laughs> so you're really betting on that whole statute of limitations thing or now that like <laughs> now that you're dating a police officer he's gonna watch this and be like honey this uh, has been the this has been a whole ploy the whole time you've been on our most wanted list forever for stealing that one I, book i feel so like criminal about i don't even have a parking ticket on my record like i feel i feel like i feel bad about it to this day but uh, my friend was just like her because hers did the same thing she's like let's just go i'm like oh my god i'm gonna go to jail tonight i'm gonna go to jail tonight like the alarm's gonna go off nope you just i wonder how many people went through the self-checkout and just went like they all walked out with like a free book that night yeah i wonder how many people that happened to because um, my guess would be like i said it might have to take like a minute or two to get into their system because they weren't sp technically supposed to sell it until after midnight and i was like one of the first in line so i guess it was 12 o'clock in like 37 seconds at that point so it probably hadn't come through the system yet well were they I'm telling like, you were they telling you like okay go ahead start checking out mm -hmm. they were looking at their watches and when it hit midnight they're like all right go ahead but then their system wasn't yeah, that's a them problem. That's not a you problem. I know, but I realistically, I could have been like, hey, this says zero dollars. I should be paying. But, you know, 23 year old me was like, nope, I'm out. So deuces. <laughs> um, <laughs> you said it. You said in high school you did uh, between you would read between like sports games. And whatnot. You, you did a lot of athletics in high school. Oh, I played all the sports. Yeah, I was a big athlete. I did basketball. Uh, I quit that after 10th grade, though, because that was my least favorite sport. Uh, I did track up until high school, uh, and I ended up quitting that because fuck running. I hate it. Um, and then my, my main one was softball. I played softball for 14 years. I was a pitcher. Um, and then volleyball was a close second. So softball and volleyball were my big ones. I also did cheerleading. Um, I was in band. I was in choir, color guard. What else did I, I feel like there's more? Oh, and football cheerleading, because we didn't get football in our high school till like my senior year. So I took oh, on football as well. Yeah. So when you did cheerleading, you did like competitive cheer. No, mm -mm. no, I went to a really tiny school. So we didn't get into that. Cheerleaders in our school were not like you see in the movies. Like they weren't the popular girls. We, our cheerleaders got made fun of. So <laughs> we never really got into that type of stuff. But our band did pretty well you know, we'd go to um, competitions and stuff and we would do pretty well there. And I went to, I went to band camp twice and yes, ask me, I, I played the flute. I, went <laughs> I liked it so much. I went back a second time. Um, 
so I get to play in big like orchestras and stuff there that was pretty cool so when you were in high school did you have like because on your TikToks you 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 have like this very like self-confidence about you so was that like something that you've always had or has it been like something that you've had to like learn recently or so very very recently (laughs) um I was very overweight most of my teenage years and my Mm. adult years um so I've had self-esteem issues stemming back from middle school onward um after high school I got up to around 200 pounds Mm -hmm. um you know, I, I dealt with constant rejection, uh, from, you know, men, boys, we'll call them. Um, I just, I never felt comfortable in my skin really ever, uh, until recently. And honestly, I know this is going to sound stupid and cliche, but a lot of it comes from TikTok and my online presence because I mean, yes, in my life, I had, you know, my close friends and my family that would try to build me up and, you know, oh, you're beautiful, you know, whatever, but to have, the sheer amount of support and and people from all over the world telling me day in and day out how I inspire them and and how wonderful I am and how beautiful I am like it it helps it absolutely helps finally one day it gets drilled into your head you're like you know what maybe I'm not so bad (laughs) so um that has helped tremendously now am I 100% confident no absolutely not I just I just it's called acting (laughs) (laughs) so um I'm working on it though. I've got, I've gotten leaps and bounds from where I used to be. Um, but I'm still not a hundred percent like, yes, I'm bad bitch. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't think I ever will be. I don't think I ever will be. It's just kind of ingrained in me, you know? Well, did you ever, did you feel like that lack of self-confidence or like, I guess you can call it like more like self-love for me, that's how I'm kind of like resonated. Did you feel like it really like affected your past like relationships and everything with people? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, the constant need for reassurance, yeah. um, the abandonment anxiety, I can't tell you, I've lost count how many dudes throughout my adult life I dated and they just left with no explanation, mm. which is absolutely, it just shreds you. It absolutely shreds you. You never get that closure. You never get, and, and deep down, I, I, you know, it's, it's because of me, right? I'm not good enough. So Um, even with my current relationship, bless his heart, because he is so tolerant of me. And uh, like, I'm literally going to be at the altar if we get married and they'll be like, you you, do you still love me though? Like, he'll be like, I do. And we'll be walking out for the procession. And I'll be like, are you sure about this? Like, you you love me still? We haven't haven't signed the license yet. Just go get out. Right. (laughs) Right. You haven't signed your name. So you could actually still go. And you know, it wouldn't surprise me. That's just, that's just how my brain works, you know? No, no, I, I, I'm in the same boat. I mean, when I was in high school, I was like, I think like the heaviest I weighed on record was like 386 and I was just a big boy. And like, I had to, uh, I was finding myself, you know, I would get picked on when I was younger. And then I learned that if I made people laugh or if I made people, uh, if I made fun of myself before anyone else, like people might accept me. And I, I felt like I was just never like actually myself. And I never felt like I ever like fit in anywhere. And then yeah. like, after I, even when I, I lost weight, I, uh, I got like a really bad eating disorder. And no matter like how good I looked, I never felt like I was ever, I wasn't good enough. You know what I mean? Like I got really lean. I was at 7% body fat. And I was like, 
not lean enough. I'm not lean enough. That's, that's why no one's, no one's like, finally, no one's really accepting me. I'm just not lean. It's because I don't look good enough. I'm not good enough. And, um, and even like now, like I pretty much a lot of the weight that I lost, I've gained back. Granted, it looks a hell of a lot different on me now than it did back then. Um, but like now it's been, I've kind of like been able to accept me and myself and my body. And you're right. Like TikTok has made a difference. It's not a stupid cliche. It's, you know, when you have like your friends and family going like, no, you look great. Like, are you kidding me? Like, no, you're awesome. You're amazing. Right. It's like, you're supposed to say that because you're fucking in my circle. Like, right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and, and, it, and it does help to have that. Um, it does help to have like that reassurance from like random strangers. But I've hit this point, at least for me, I don't know what, what it's been like for you. Uh, I've been working on really just trying to validate myself and be proud of myself instead of from what I used to do is try to be someone that I thought everyone else wanted me to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that, you know, and of all of the the compliments and things that I receive on TikTok, and I've, I've, I've told my boyfriend this as well, I, you know, it's, it's nice to, my cat is yelling, will you shut up? Go on. <laughs> yeah. Don't edit this out. This is my life. Go on. No, we're not. Just, my um, dogs are going to be running through some one one or both of them they're going to bark about something it's life this is life this is real here we are real. Being, our, being our natural selves this is the this is the whole point of this podcast exactly um so I, I i told my boyfriend recently you know i it's of course it's nice to hear that you know you're beautiful you're gorgeous but my favorite compliment to receive is how real i am i hear that and you know the the name leah for real came way before I, my account even got large. Like I, I ended up changing it to that because it was my first and middle name and I had people finding me on Facebook and I was like, I don't like this. So I found other, I looked up other people's names and people had like, you know, the official in front of their name or like for real after. So I just went with Leah for real. The number six means nothing. I just randomly chose a number. There's no meaning behind it. Oh, um, I thought there was like five other ones and you're all like, well, I guess I'm the sixth real Leah. No. Nope. There was, there, there's, I think Leah for real was already taken. So they were like, you know how they suggest other names. And I think that was yeah. one of them. Cool. That'll, that'll work as long as it's, you know, different, but I have so many people tell me that they appreciate how real I am. And it's because I, that's one thing I could say confidently. I am that I am me. I am a goofball. I will make a fool of myself. And I, you know, I laugh at myself all the time. And my, my bio actually used to read like, because I used to do those Tinder reviews and stuff. That's when my account really started to pick up. I don't know if you've ever seen those or not. Those are my older videos, but that's when I started to really gain followers. Um, I would review bad Tinder bios. Mm. And so, so my TikTok bio actually said mostly man bashing and self-deprecating humor because I make fun of myself all the time, all the time. And it's, I, I laugh at my, I make myself laugh. So it's, it's, it's fine. Everything's fine. Did it, did it take you like a long time to finally start feeling comfortable in your skin? And like, like, I guess I'm really asking because you kind of essentially did say that, but like, what steps were you taking to like, help you get more comfortable with yourself and you can make yourself real that you could be the Leah for real? A lot of it. I don't know. I, before TikTok, I really wasn't like actively searching to to do that I guess I did this is like 
this has really opened up like a whole different side of me and it's 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 helped me a lot now granted yeah you get lots of haters and trolls or whatever and they used to affect me but now I just use them for content and clapback purposes uh but I, I think getting onto TikTok has made me realize that I can just be myself and I I just, I don't hold back anymore. I don't hold back. You should, you've been in my live streams. I'll pick my teeth. I'll use my phone to check my teeth. You're like, no, I didn't. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. That's me. It's, I'm a real person. I'm not, I'm not a celebrity. I'm a real person, you know? And I, I just try to be authentically me and not apologize for it, you know? Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. There's a, there's like a real strength in allowing yourself to be authentically yourself and, allowing yourself to be vulnerable I know for me I had like I always knew I kind of needed therapy um and like the first go around with therapy I ever did which was like I want to say like 2012 2013 something like that it was just a bad experience for me like I didn't feel like I was being listened to and like or and anything that I was like I was kind of I've mentioned this before in the podcast but I've, I've I felt like I was just like predicting everything that the therapist was going to say to me. Right. Right. And then, um, and then, so like when it just kind of like fell through, I was just like, all right, screw it. Like, I guess therapy isn't for me type of thing. Like I had no qualms with people who go into therapy. I'm like, good for you. It just didn't work for me. And I was just trying to like work on stuff, but it was just like, I had no kind of guidance and whatnot. And then like, I dealt with my mom passing and then that was just like, a whole nether level of like fucked up in my head because I was trying to process like okay she's gone and now I'm suffering from PTSD from it and then I'm like okay everything that I knew which was taking care of her being her caregiver instantly was gone and I'm like all right I don't know what the fuck to do anymore and I'm like all I know about me is that I have a good heart and that I'm a really caring person that's all I knew about me and then I was like I don't even know what I want to do I don't know you know, it's just very like a lost feeling. And then again, I tried, uh, a friend of mine told me about um, like a therapy resource where therapists will go based on a sliding scale based on your income type of thing. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll try that. And then that didn't pan out. And like, I reached out to a therapist and I didn't reach out back. They didn't, they didn't, you know, send anything back. And I went, okay, like, is this like a sign? And then it wasn't until I started, um, I, I used this free therapy resource called that change your algorithm. And like the first class I went into was like about like healing your traumas. And I just went, all right, it's free. Like a friend of mine asked me, he's like, Hey, you have, at the time I had like a hundred thousand followers. And he was like, Hey, do you have a pretty big platform? Do you mind sharing this company? And I was like, uh, yeah, wait, what is it? And then he's like, he's telling me about it. And I'm like, it, it, it's free. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely promote it. And I was like, bitch, I'm going to use that shit too. Like I got to try it out. <laughs> and, right, it was just, and it was just like the first, like the first class, it was like all the stars aligned. And like, I was like, oh. boom, this is like exactly what I needed to hear. And then like, for me with therapy, it's taught me a lot about um, being kind to myself and stop beating myself up so much. And like realizing, becoming a lot more aware of my thoughts and like realizing like the negative thoughts that I do have about myself, because, you know, we all have them. Like, it's not, you know, if anyone never has any negative thought about themselves, that that's like a, such a rarity and they're very lucky to be able to do that. But for me, it was just like realizing that those are just thoughts. 
doesn't mean that they're re- doesn't mean that they're right doesn't mean that they're wrong or anything like that it's just a thought and it's my choice if I really want to listen to it or right. not and then like with me like being vulnerable on like TikTok like that you know we're talking about being real like I'm just going like here's my raw emotions like here we go like this is me suffering I'm like heart here camera enjoy yeah. like that's it's that always scares the, that always scares the shit out of me people think like yeah. I'm so like confident about doing it I'm like no every time I post something vulnerable it scares the shit out of me because like I'm still that dude who's like you know I'm still that former fat kid I still get I, I'm still used to to getting bullied and picked on and shit like that and like even though I know how to handle haters a lot better, it's still that fear that like something like that's going to come up. Yeah, I, I can relate. I can relate to that. So, uh, so I'm assuming like you feel, you definitely feel like the same way. Like when you're actually being like, you put out something that's like yourself and it's, it, there's like a craziness about it. I mean, like we're doing a fucking podcast right now and we're like talking about our shit. And like, that's like a whole other level of like being vulnerable. So yeah. like, how are you handling that right now? I know you told me you were nervous about coming on here before, but is it like- I was, I was, but I, I wasn't, I, I guess I was more nervous that I was just going to like say something stupid and that we've still got time for that. That's bound to happen. That's bound to happen because that's just what I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, but something, but something stupid makes good content and I appreciate you for it. So don't worry uh, about again, it. <laughs> and that's something I would, I would end up posting on TikTok probably because I'm like, people will laugh at my, you know, misfortune here so yeah but uh, i mean I, the way that i would look at it just to spin it for you real quick is you're um uh, whoa that was weird i've never had that before what happened it gave me a limit a time limit warning i've never oh. had a 40 limit time limit with just two people it was always just open and free huh okay cool um what was I just saying? I do not recall. I don't remember either. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember now. Um, when you when you shoot when you do show like your your mess ups and and all those types of things that I mean to be honest, it really just shows that you're. Uh, I mean, you're just saying it's okay to be goofy. Like it's okay to be yourself. It's okay that this shit happens. Like you're not. That's not yeah. like that at all. Yeah, it's, not, it's like it's of, okay to do that yeah I've had a lot of videos that I, I questioned whether I should post or not because like you know there are days where I look like a straight-up swamp creature and I'm like oh god I look ratchet but I'm gonna post it anyway because I am real and you know this is real life it's not behind the TikTok filters or whatever so I always get real nervous when I post that stuff because I, I don't know I guess my biggest fear is like someone's gonna look at it and go oh and that's yeah why that yeah. affects me that an internet stranger cringes at the way I look without makeup is just boggles my mind. But I, I've always cared way too much what people think. And um, recently I've gotten better about that, obviously. But um, yeah, that was always a big fear of mine. Now I don't care. I don't care anymore. And that's on growth, I guess. That is on that growth. Guy. Yeah. High five. <laughs> Freaking winner, winner, chicken dinner. That's awesome. Um, so I know that you've talked about like your past relationships and like how difficult like those may have been. What has led you to be able to start trusting again and being able to like take that leap of faith with Gray? Gray was not planned at all. Um, he, 
we kind of ended up meeting at a time where we were both at very low points in our lives. And we, it was just like a happenstance. Like we didn't mean to meet, there was no intent there. It just kind of happened. Uh, so with him, of course, I, to this day, I still have trust issues and he will tell you that. And I, I realize that that's not fair to him. And I acknowledge that it's not fair to him, but it's, it's my trauma, if you will, from past relationships and where I would put my trust in a guy and it would turn out he was not trustworthy. So, um, I'm, that's honestly something that I'm still working on. I, I do trust him. I do, but there are times where it wavers and, you know, he's been so great at just calming me down and he's so damn patient and I, uh, he's an alien. I've decided he's an alien for dealing with me and my, we, we call, we say that I'm a roller coaster because I'm constantly like just all over the place. Um, maybe one day that might calm down. Uh, but for now, it's just a, it's a, I guess it's a learning process to answer your question. I think there's nothing that I'm like actively doing. It's just kind of getting through it with him. And maybe once I get to that point and kind of get over that hump, one day I'll just be able to just chill and, and not, not have those issues anymore. Um, but they're still there. They're, they're not as prevalent with him as they used to be with past relationships um, because he has gone above and beyond and just proven to me that there may still be good dudes in the world <laughs> and he's one yeah. of them. And I, yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's beautiful. Um, I know for me, I got with my like past relationships where things went awry, I realized that um, a lot of it was like, not like it was my fault in a way it was, it's just because like, I, I, again, I wanted them to like me. So I was trying to pretend to be something that I wasn't and be like, oh my God, like you actually like me? No freaking way. And then it just kind of hit a point where they're like, okay, I can't, I can't deal with your uncertainty anymore or anything like that. And then I realized that for me, it, it, that turns into, this is more about you than it does about me. Yeah. Um, and now that I'm like starting to like begin to love myself a lot more, it's one of those like, if you want to be with me, awesome. If you don't, cool. Like I, I've, I've been through enough in life to where, uh, like I, I get it and I under, it's fine. Like, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I've been alone. With, I've been single for most of my life. It's fine. Like I can, I can totally just deal with it, you know? Yeah. See, I'm, I'm the exact opposite. I have major attachment issues. And I think you would think after being hurt so much, I'd, learn to maybe hesitate but I don't that's 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 my I am all, like when I meet somebody and I like them I'm all in. I'm here let's do this I'm all in I don't hesitate and and I in on the other hand it makes me accept things I shouldn't accept treatment I shouldn't accept um make excuses for shitty behavior and and everything like that so luckily with Gray I have never had to do anything of the sort it's a, he's a freaking alien and now we're going on our eighth month together and it's it's mind-boggling to me but I I can understand if you know if I were dating me I would be exhausted I think it would be exhausting being on the other end of that so it's I give anyone for anyone to date an overthinker or someone with abandonment anxiety issues or you know past traumas and stuff like kudos to them because it takes a very patient person and a very understanding person to put up uh, with that very much very uh so yeah for me it was just like i was uh 
I was really just struggling to be myself. And I, again, I had very, I still do kind of have like attachment issues when it comes to uh, like when I'm talking with someone, cause I am like you where I'm just like, all right, fuck it. I'm all in like, let's go. Like here I am. Like, you know, you have my attention, like let's talk and let's just see where things go. But I think for me, it was, if I, if it didn't pan out or it's a, there's like a form of like rejection, I go, okay, this sucks, but it just means that that person wasn't my person and it just kind of just wasn't meant to be, you know what I mean? So it wasn't, so I'm like, I'm very like, uh, my perspective has changed on it. And that's where I was even thinking about like, cause like I've been very like anti like dating apps or whatever, just because like, I remember what it was like when I used to do them and like how there's like a lot of pressure when it comes to dating apps where it's like, if you match with someone, it's like, Oh shit, they think I'm cute. So like, what if, what if this is the person? What if this is it? Like, what if this is the thing? And then like, then that's, that's when I would try to go like, okay, what do you like? Let's figure, let's figure out. And like, I just want you to like me, like me, like me. And then now if I feel like if I did dating apps again, I'd be like, all right, if it happens, cool. If not, all right. But now I'm kind of afraid to, because I don't know if you'd ever start going back to your, like your Tinder, your Tinder series and just start roasting me. Like you find mine and you're like, fuck this guy. You'd be out of my radius and be okay. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. I had so many, I had so many people reach out to me and be like, oh my gosh, you should look at guys in my area. And I'm like, no, like my series was, this is what online dating is like where Leah lives. So I said, all like, if you ever go back, if you just like go one day, if you ever get bored on TikTok, search Leah for real six Tinder or online dating or something like that. It pulls up a ton of my, because that was my niche at the time. Um, Every one of those profiles that you see are actual profiles that I come across. They're not just shit I find on Google. It's actual shit. Then like, so I just, it, it got to the point where I had the idea one day to make this video. Um, it was, I think it was, I had started TikTok in the end of February, early March of 2020. And my first like viral video was the very first Tinder review I ever did. And that was in like July of that year, I think. Um, cause I just kind of, I was swiping through and I just, I found myself just laughing at the shit I saw on there. Cause it was just so off the wall. And so I decided to make a video of it and people loved it. And I was like, I'm going to turn this into a thing. So everything that you see on any of those, those are all legit. None of those are from outside of my area. Like, yeah, I expanded my radius a little bit because originally I only had it, you know, 15, 20 miles or something. So when I started doing the series, I think I expanded it to like 50 to a hundred miles or whatever, but it's still my area. Um, so everything that you see on there is actual stuff that I've come across in my swipes. Um, and then it's just funny because then you started dating someone and you didn't even like meet them on like online dating. Like I know for me, like most of my, pretty much all my relationships that I've had have stemmed from like real life situations. I think like the last one, I, the person I was dating it was they found me on TikTok, but they contacted me through Instagram. And I didn't know mm -hmm. if like, I didn't know if it was, I didn't know that they found me through TikTok. I thought it was just like this random person saw me on like their explore page or, or right. something like that. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, that's why I was just like, oh, okay, cool. And then, but it was still like, oh, I didn't meet her, meet her on a dating app or anything like that. Like her and I met that way and kind of still in like a real life scenario right right yeah, so it's yeah. so I was just like interesting 
Yeah, I've only, I really haven't had that many like actual relationships in my life. Um, my marriage was a guy that I had met through like school. So I, that was a real life. Um, my last like boyfriend, boyfriend, that was through Facebook. So I guess you could call that online because he popped up in like the people you may know or whatever. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was in my hometown and I, you know, found him attractive. So I added him and messaged him. And, uh, but for the most part, um, everything I've ever done with somebody that I met through a dating app or whatever was just a, a joke. It was just a bust every time. So I just lost all my luster for that and just started making fun of them instead. Um, you talk about your husband, and this is something I really wanted to ask you about. It seems like you and your ex-husband, because you have a daughter, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you seem to both be nailing the whole co-parenting thing. Yeah. Like it seems like you guys just get like you get along really, really well when it comes to that. And I know I know uh, I've met many single women who are single mothers and that's not necessary. I even know guys who are having issues co-parenting like that. What would be like your say your secret to success for that? Honestly, I think, of course, it was rough in the beginning. When, when the divorce initially happened, there was, I would say the first year or so it was pretty rough, but I feel like that's kind of standard, no matter, no matter what happens in a, in a marriage. Um, but honestly, um, I, I think that we just finally got to the point where we decided like, we need to just let bygones be bygones and focus on the child. Um, we're both adults here. Um, and it just, I don't know, we've, we had a lot of like long in-depth talks and just got to the point where after time, it just took time. It just took time to get there, I guess. Um, and her stepmom is absolutely wonderful. I can't say enough about her stepmom either. She, I'm so thankful that she is in her life. I'm so thankful that she's in her life. She is, treats my daughter like her own and has done so much for that child. And I, I actually, I talk to her more than I do my ex-husband <laughs> just because, uh, you know, the wife usually gets, gets shit done when it's important stuff. Like you talk to the wife, right? Yeah. Um, so that has helped tremendously, uh, having her in the picture because I actually knew her ahead of time. So she wasn't just some strange woman coming into, coming into the, the life of my child. So, um, that was another thing too. I knew that she was a good person and that helped a lot, um, with my comfort of my daughter having, you know, a new mother figure in her life. I have never once questioned her integrity or anything when it came to my we we're literally like a, like we all just went to a carnival together uh, a couple weeks ago like we met up there so my daughter and her brother who is her stepmom's son could ride rides together and me and gray walked around with them and my mom and my brother can't like it, we we do things together for the kids and some may think that's a strange dynamic but i I, I feel really lucky, honestly, to have such a good relationship with her dad and her dad's family. No, that's, that's, <clears throat> no, that's amazing. And that it's rare. I mean, that is rare. Cause I think like a lot of the times it, and I could be wrong. Cause I, I'm, I'm not a person in that with having that experience, but I think a lot of the times from what people have told me, it's like the other person takes things personally. And it's like, no, I'm talking, I'm just trying to like, this is for the interest of our child. I'm not trying to attack you or, or I'm not making this about your parenting. I'm saying this is something I'm noticing, like, let's come together and see if we can figure this out. But 
I, I think it's, you know, I think it's really difficult when you were with that kind of, when you're with a person who you're either married to, or like you were in a serious relationship and you ended up having a child with them where that, when that dynamic changes, it becomes difficult because it's still like, well, this is the person that I was with. And then, like you said, it took time to be able to come to that understanding. Like, Hey, I just want what's best for our daughter. Like this, I just want what's best for her. Right. And trying to make sure that she's still feeling loved and happy and like still being taught like these great qualities about life about like, hey, you know, you are loved, you have a voice, you have these powers, you have power and like all those like empowering the child versus like, well, I'm a child of divorce and it sucked. Yeah, yeah. And you know, she, she was pretty young when we split. Um, she was only about a year and a half old. So realistically, having like a separate separate houses and stuff like that is all she's ever known because she's not going to remember prior to that uh, because she was so young um so obviously like I said in the beginning yes it was rough because but it's 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 a learning curve it really is it really is when you're going through a divorce with someone there there wasn't like a lot of animosity in our divorce it wasn't it wasn't anything like that um but it's it's still a learning curve you know um and it just it just took us some time to get there I would say the first year maybe two that they weren't and but they weren't torrential they weren't it wasn't awful there was just there was quite a bit of arguing, but it never was anything that like blew the roof off the house or anything like that. It wasn't, and, and even to this day, we'll still have a, a disagreement here and there. But if you were to ask me the last time we had like a full out argument, I couldn't even tell you. It's just, it's been pretty smooth sailing for the last four years, probably. And I That's, feel very, fortunate. I feel very fortunate for that. That is absolutely amazing. Um, so I guess, your advice for people who are kind of going through like a difficult time with like their spouses, Hey, just try to kind of find some common ground and build from there. I mean, yeah, if, if I were one to, I don't know that I'm really one to ask advice on this, but I, it it takes two. That's the thing. It takes two. Like you can try your best to be the bigger person and to, to be the mature one. But if the other party doesn't want to do that, there's not much you can do. You know, luckily in this case, both parties wanted to do, wanted to do that. Um, but gosh, I don't know. Like if, if someone were to come to me and say, Hey, father, my child's being a complete douchebag. What do I do about it? I don't know. I don't know what I would tell them. That's a tough situation because I've never really been in it, you know? Yeah, I, I, for some reason, I do get asked that those types of questions a lot. And I'm like, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I've never been in that position. So like, who am I to like, say anything? And the only yeah. thing I could ever, the only thing I could ever say is like, hey, we, you both need to realize and come to that understanding that like, it's the, the most important thing is your child, and yeah. how happy they are and making sure they're, they're, they're well taken care of. And try not to like hardcore criticize each other about like what you're doing. Just try to ask and have like an open dialogue, trying to keep like the dialogue open and, and not try to take everything so personal. Like it's like, hey, I'm not attacking you on your parenting styles. Like I'm saying, I'm noticing this. I'm curious as what's happening. So I can have the information of what's going on or I can have like a better understanding or like oh our son or daughter said this to me about like what's happening over there I yeah 
just yeah. I just want to make sure we're all on this like being on the getting on the same page I guess yeah. and I will say it is hard to not take things personally when you're going through uh that learning curve I guess uh because a lot of times things can be said that makes it seem like one is bashing the other's parenting style or you know vice versa so you know the key word to what you said is both like both people need to want to come to a common ground and a lot of times that's not the case and that's unfortunate as hell um but luckily in my case that was the that was what was going on so yeah i mean it's just it just takes a certain level of maturity and and looking and you know again we're what when did we split we split in 2015 so it's we're going on our seventh year so if if after seven years things were still like tumultuous then obviously something's wrong there but I can understand if someone's going through it in the beginning um and if someone were to come to me I would just tell them it just I guess it just takes time and persistence you just gotta you have to stick to don't don't fall if somebody's being a douchebag don't fall to their level stay up here like a tiktok i just made if anyone's trying to bring you down they're already beneath you so just stay up stay up here you know what i mean yeah whenever uh whenever i do have like a, a hater or something come at me like that it's very um i always go i always just kind of like feel more empathy towards them now because i'm like i know that there's something going on with you exactly that is causing exactly. you to that you see like me and something just triggers you and you feel like you need to like bring me down to my level or like you need to make yourself feel more than like you need to try to feel like you're better than me and they and don't for, realize that's what they're doing either they don't realize that that's I actually that actually literally happened to me just recently uh Gray and I had this woman that was just relentlessly hateful uh, in our comment section, uh, saying all kinds of stuff about how he doesn't deserve me, which is it's bullshit. I feel like I don't deserve him. Like he's, <laughs> he's a goddamn alien. Uh, but she, you know, she would come in our lives and like, she'd call him a clown. Like she just didn't like him for some reason. Uh, she just had this vendetta and then she would leave shitty comments on my videos as well. Um, and we ended up blocking her and then she, she blew up on both of us. So then here we go. Fast forward to several months later. Um, after she had been gone for a while, uh, I got a message from her on Instagram and she apologized. And she said, um, she had just lost a family member. I don't remember one of her family members had passed mm. and she was sad and angry and had been lashing out and taking it out on others. Mm. And so I, um, I still to this day haven't responded to her. It's going to take me a minute cause she was pretty awful. Yeah. Um, I'm a very forgiving person and I'm a very understanding person. Um, so I have yet to reply to this woman just because of all the hateful shit she said, but that, yeah, it's just, you say that and that that's actually happened to me. Somebody can and she acknowledged that. So that's the first step. <laughs> yeah. That's always a, that's always like a big thing. I've had, I've had those instances too, where a dude lashed out at me and then like I responded, but I came from a place of like empathy and then they would go, yeah, you're right. I, shit's yeah. just going down and it's just like sometimes when people see like other people being like thriving granted i'm definitely not thriving but uh maybe they just saw something me being emotional and they just went like no men aren't supposed to do that and it's like yeah no don't it's okay you dare. Yeah. yeah um but yeah sometimes people need to like lash out and tear people down i actually had a this is really fucking funny uh so today at the gym 
uh, I'm getting ready to like warm up and like stretch and all that stuff. And this guy comes up and he's like, Hey man, you have a minute. And I was like, yeah, dude, what's up? First thing he said, he made like a reference to one of my TikToks, And I was like, Oh, and I was like, wow, someone's like recognizing me in the real world. Okay. This is weird. Oh, look at you. Okay. No, no, no. This is, this is where, <laughs> this is where it got funny. This is where it got funny. He's like, he was like, dude, I've seen you in here for like the past few months working out. And I saw that your, your hair would be up in a man bun. And he's like, the first thought I had of you was like, this guy's giant douchebag. And I just started cracking <laughs> up. I was like, yeah, that, that, I was like, that tracks. Yeah, I'm sure I, I'm sure I do look like a douchebag. So like, I'm not offended. Like I get it. And then he was just like, but then like, he was like, but yesterday I was, uh, I was brushing my teeth, getting ready for bed, just scrolling on TikTok, And then one of your videos popped up and I was like, oh, Okay. And he was like, yeah. And then like, I, I, then he's like, then I was like, oh, I I recognize that guy. I'm going to goes down like the rabbit hole. And he's like, dude, you're not even, you're not a douchebag at all. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, thanks, thanks, I guess. (laughs) I was like, thanks. (laughs) And he was just like, but it it was really sweet of him. But he was like, dude, I'm so, I'm sorry for ever thinking you're a douchebag. I'm like, dude, I had in my head, I had no idea that you thought I was a douchebag, but yeah like thanks I mean like I do like I get it because like you know sometimes like we see people and we have like this preconceived notion on who we think they might be or whatever but I mean the reality is is that we don't everyone has a story we people are going through shit that we have zero idea about and I know for me like for the longest time I struggled with that like when my dad died and like when my mom died one of the things that I struggled with was like I look out into the world and be like no one has any idea no one has no idea that my world just imploded and it, and like I'm suffering. Everyone's just driving by living their lives. And then that's what made me like, I guess like more empathetic towards people because like, I know that like me was going through that. And so that's why I try to be as kind as possible to people because like, I don't know what if they're going through that too, or like, what if they're going through like the worst possible thing in their lives and they're just trying to go day by day because I know like when I was dealing with that shit all I wanted was the world to just stop like hold on stop everyone needs to stop like like world needs to go on pause like it needs to stop spinning I need to I need time to fix this and process this and then when I realized that it didn't and like I was just like that thought was popping in my head I'd be like driving to the gym and I'd be like no one knows like no one here has any idea this is so trippy and that's where I'm like oh yeah, this is why we need to be kind to people because what if they're do- going through it too? Like, we don't know. Yeah, I do that. I find myself doing that in airports because obviously I'm in airports a lot lately. Um, I'll be like walking through the airport and I'll just look at like, you know, the hundreds of people that are around me. And I'm just like, I know nothing about any of these people's lives. And it's just to think about like, you know, like, does this person have kids or is this person married? Is this person divorced? Who's this person's best friend? What do they do for a living? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's just so much that you don't know about people. And it's, that's just something I find myself doing. I'll look at people and try to figure out, I feel like, like he's maybe an accountant or, you know what I mean? Like something like that. I try to read people. Um, I find I'm kind of good at it, but sometimes I'm not. So uh, obviously I give, give myself to people that I shouldn't, but um, no, I agree. The world does not stop. The world does not stop. Well, I mean, I think like the like I, I the thing that I I get all I also get a lot as people go like I I don't want to be vulnerable around people or I don't want to like open myself up to people because for the fear of like getting taken advantage of type of thing or like the like situations get 
rough and it's like for I understand that I do um I know that I felt like I got my my kindness got taken advantage of or whatever but again this goes back for me it's like that says more about them than it does about me I think it takes real bravery to be able to let someone in and be able to take that leap of faith and if it didn't pan out and like some like red flags were ignored or whatever again that says more about to me it's to me it says more about them than it does about you for taking for having the strength to be vulnerable like that and to like to put yourself out there like that now when if it if it blows up in your face it does suck like that fucking sucks like there's no there's no changing that or anything like that but it's always just so like i don't know it's just it's hard for me to I, I like for me, like, I, I want people to be encouraged to go like, like, you don't have to like sit alone. You don't have to, you don't have to be in that headspace. And that's because I've been in that headspace for so many years in my life. Where I'm just like, you know, sometimes you just got to say, fuck it. And that's kind of what this podcast has been for me. I'm like, fuck it. I, I've had this idea in my head. I'm just going to fucking do it. Just fuck it. And let's see what happens. Good. Good for you. Good for oh, you. I appreciate you. Um, so I've, taken up a lot of your time already so uh the way i like to end these podcasts is um is i i'm a really big proponent of counting your victories for the day no matter how big or how small they are like it could be you just woke up and you got out of bed today to i solve world peace and like the world's happy go lucky <laughs> you know like anywhere in between like it's there's there's victories for us to to be proud of that we accomplished for the day so Leah, my question for you is what is a victory of yours today? So today I upped the weight of my kettlebell to 20 pounds for the first time and did a, did a circuit with that. So I was pretty proud of that. Hell that was, yeah. That was rough. I've been using a 12 pound kettlebell for like two years. So, well, minus the one year or the few month break in between there when I had a nerve injury and couldn't do anything. So um, I actually ended up it was actually about a year. I took about a year off because of that, <laughs> but mm. I used, I used a 12 pound kettlebell for the longest time. And I, I've been going hard at it since March of this year. And I realized I'm like, this feels like nothing. Like, I feel like I could just hold this with my pinky. So I decided to up the weight and I upped it to a 15 pound. Um, and yeah, that was a little bit of a, I mean, I mean, yeah, like it, I was like, okay, there's definitely a difference here, but it wasn't, it wasn't enough. So I got a 20 pounder um, and I did like a 15 minute circuit today and I almost perished, but I made it. So that's my victory for today. That's badass. Mine is, uh, I guess we're both doing workout ones today. Um, I, uh, I realized that my body was just tired because uh, I was lifting weights and like weights that normally feel really easy for me were just feeling really heavy for me. And I just went, all right, dude, just your body's telling you it needs a break because usually like before I would beat myself up about it. I'm like, Oh my God, you weak motherfucker. I can't believe you can't do this and just like get really yeah. negative about myself. But today I was just really kind. I guess the, the win is I was really kind to myself about it. Cause I was just like, no, oh, it's okay. Live to lift another day. Like it's okay. Like this happens. You've been doing this long enough. You know, it it's, it's okay. Your, your body is telling you it's tired. So, you know, throughout the rest of your workout you don't need to you don't need to be lifting the mat you don't need to max out on everything just take it easy 
and yep. still take the the wind that you your body moved you moved your body today and you yep. still got to work out in and I was like all right cool yeah see I, I beat myself up over that too but I've I've learned that one day is not going to undo everything you haven't come this far to have one day screw it up you know what I mean 100% so one day is not going to undo everything you've done like yeah one day you cheat and eat a lot of pizza you're going to be bloated the next day but that it's going to go away it's you didn't gain five pounds overnight you know what I mean yeah so, you're retaining you're more than likely just retaining a butt ton of water right now and that's perfect and sodium fine. yeah because your body's like what is this we haven't had this in a year so you know what I mean so that's a, that's a good mindset good for you well, thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, and I, again, I appreciate you for coming on here. Thank you so much. Like no problem. unbelievable that you, that you said yes to. So I, I very much appreciate you. And, uh, so everyone else, please, if you like this, uh, please like subscribe, um, leave a comment, or if you're listening to this, please leave a review. Uh, I appreciate you all so much. I will see y'all next week. Be kind to yourselves and be good.